How's it going, guys? This is Dave Thomas. And this is Brian Pritz. And we are back again with the business of lifting weights. Uh, today, episode seven, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the major mistakes that we've made over the past five years uh, running Performance 360. Um, so there's going to be quite a few of them, to be honest. Um, it's funny, like gyms grow, you do better and better each year, but you realize you make a ton of mistakes along the way. Um, some of them, a lot of them just happen like kind of daily behind the scenes and a lot of them are kind of public facing. Um, so we're going to kind of go over a couple of those today, um, so that people can just kind of see what some of the, what some of the challenges <laughs> and struggles are. Um, and they can also see, um, just how you're able to kind of remedy a situation that you know, isn't right, correct it and move forward, um, without any kind of long-term damage and being no worse for the wear. Yeah. And, and hopefully, with mistakes that you make in life and business, whatever you learn from them. I think a lot of the stuff on this list, uh, we've learned a lot and kind of what we are today is because of a lot of those mistakes that we made. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's like every single one, your business gets better. It's, it's, it's one step back, two steps forward type thing. Right. Um, so the first one we want to talk about is, um, people kind of people that you work with people that you hire. Um, and really, trusting your instincts. Um, that's one thing that I think you and I have learned a lot over the years is just like people that work for us, people that come to the gym, like maybe business partners, people that we just do business with. Like right. we, we can kind of always tell right away if somebody is going to work for us or if they're not. Right. And <clears throat> in the beginning, that's like a refined skill. I think, um, it's like a refined intuition in the beginning. You, you have your feelings about people, but you don't really like follow through them because mm -hmm. you, you haven't, you haven't yet had a bad experience. So you don't know whether to like trust that right away. Right. You know and what I, I mean? Yeah. And I think a lot uh, to it, it also goes into people that walk through your doors and customers. Um, there's a lot of people that, you know, at the beginning we were always wanting to please everybody and we always wanted to kind of be the perfect gym for everybody. And a lot of times you're just not. And you know, those people coming in through the door that you just don't have a good feeling about or maybe aren't the right fit for you. Like it's okay to turn them away and just say that we're not the best fit for you. Yeah. I remember somebody came into the gym not to get off on like a tangent, but somebody tried the gym the other day and like, I hated this person. <laughs> like I, I was in the class and they were just awful. And yeah. I told Caitlin, I was like, don't, don't provide great service to this person. Like <laughs> I don't want them in the gym. Yeah. Um, you can just tell when somebody's going to be a complete pain in the ass and, um, that instinct is very important as you continue to manage people and as you continue to kind of drive your business to success. You have to be able to trust your instincts. Um, so the one really major story that comes to mind where we did not do that is when we first opened. You remember our boy? I almost just said his name, and I don't want to do anything that's going to get us sued. Are you talking about our boy real estate guy? Yeah, uh, which yeah. we call him Fred. Fred. Yeah. Um, Fred was the worst. So – Fast, or excuse me, rewind to 2011. We're scouting locations. We're ready to open a gym. We have like no fucking clue what we're doing. Zero. Um, yeah, zero. We're looking at lease or we're looking at properties, and we're like, what does N N N mean? <laughs> and then somebody told us that's triple net, and we still don't really know what that means. <laughs> but um, we had no idea what we were doing, and we ended up hiring a small boutique commercial real estate firm, and they assigned us Fred um, to help us out. And I remember the first time I met him, it was like the shadiest, weirdest, least professional thing ever. Like he wanted to meet in the parking lot of In-N-Out Burger. Hmm. And 
I really like, likes burgers. Well, What's I was I'm like, all right. Like, I assumed, because I'd talked to him a lot before, that he was going to have, like, a portfolio of places that he'd already established. Like, this is good for what you're looking for. I, I've, I, you know, I've kind of pre-qualified this place. So I yeah. thought it was weird that he wanted to work, meet in a parking lot. You had sent him over, like, what we were looking for before this, right? Yeah. Yeah. I sent him over, like, square footage, price, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was odd that he wanted to meet in a parking lot. And I go to meet him, and he's like, all right, um, we'll take your car. I'm going to leave my car here, and we're just we're going to drive around. So in my head, I'm like, oh, all right. Like, maybe he's taking me to some places. Mm-hmm. So we go to Garnett, and he starts us at the very beginning of Garnett, and he said this verbatim. He's like, I want you to drive so slow that the cars behind you are honking at us. <laughs> And, like, I get anxiety from many things. So, like, that was just the worst news I could have ever heard. Right. And I was like, what? Huh? Like, Fred, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, this is how we're going to scout places. Like, we're going to drive down the Garnet, and, like, I'm going to look to the left and right and look at for lease signs. Sweet. Great. I was (laughs) like, this guy has got to be shitting me. And I remember there was, like, that point when I was in the car, and I, I just did not vibe with this guy at all. He kept making suggestions that were stupid and not good for our business mm-hmm. and that I had already sent him that I didn't want to do. And he like, you know, he thought we were opening like a, a, a gym where he had no clue what the, what the concept was. And right. like I told him what it was, but he just wasn't listening. Right. And nothing about, nothing about the process synced up with what we were looking for. Yep. And I remember at that moment in the car, I was like, I need to just turn this guy around, take him back to in and out Burger and cut ties with this and like either do this ourselves or find somebody who's like going to do a good job for us. I mean, this was a guy from like a pretty respectable company, right? Like it wasn't just like a mom pop, like no namer, right? Like I I think they had been either recommended to us or something. I think like middle of the road size wise. Um, I think we chose a smaller firm like to get better service. Right. Um, which like side comment, it just goes to show you that size has nothing to do with service. Right. But, um, yeah, I remember we should have cut ties with them immediately. And like, we came back and I was like, I remember telling you like this, I don't know what the hell we just did, but we mm-hmm. didn't see any properties. And we really regretted not firing Fred before that. Yep. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about the specifics that happened with the lease, how that kind of netted out and, uh, the fun that we had to go through. Well, I remember, um, you know, we ended up doing most of the research on like the actual properties and, you know, we were bringing them to him and saying, okay, like this place we're interested, you know, do what you need to do to basically work out a deal. And the Mission Bay Sports Center, which is where we ended up moving into, I remember we had to negotiate that entire lease. Um, We had to do all of the work. Um, he was actually pushing us away from that property um, and into uh, potential. Which we later found out why. But... Yeah, but later found out why. Um, but he wanted us to go to a different property that I think was more money. He was getting a bigger commission, right? Yeah. Um, well, it was a longer term. Longer term. That's like, what it was. We, we didn't. We weren't really like paying attention to all that, and like didn't really understand the tie into commission. Right. Um, so that was like a five-year lease if we went 
to that place, the Mission Based Sports Center was offering offering us a one year kind of test lease to make sure that we were a good fit for them. They were a good fit for us, which was great from a business perspective. And we wouldn't go out of business in one year, exactly, which was a distinct possibility. (laughs) Yeah, considering we had no idea what we were doing. Um, But ultimately, what happened was we were in negotiations with the Mission Based Sports Center, and they told us the only reason that we're being held back from signing a lease is because of Fred, essentially. Fucking Fred. Fucking Fred. I almost said his name right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so long story, like kind of still long, but um, he was steering us to a property that gave him a better commission because the term was longer, and he didn't want us to go to Mission Beach because it was one year. We you know, told him to piss off. We signed the one-year lease at Mission Beach, and then he came collecting – for his commission based on a five-year term. Right. So he basically told us, you owe me, I think it was $7,500 because that's the minimum for us to do business. You guys chose to sign a one-year term. Our company is based on signing five-year terms, Mm -hmm. so you owe me this commission. Right, and he took us to court for that. Yeah, and we were like, kiss our (laughs) ass. Like, that's, sorry it didn't work out for your commission. Right. But that's not how you, like, that's not how you do business. Right. Like, you don't steer people into terms that are good for you so that you can get paid more. Right. And this guy was just a complete shitbag in every sense of the word. Took us to court, sued us, and, like, we've been open, like, I don't know, four months. And, like, like we're already in court over a lawsuit. Yeah, that was scary times for sure. So we ended up losing the first – we ended up losing the first hearing because of, like, you know, they got us on, like, tricky language of what we signed and didn't look at because we were very green. We actually appealed it. It went to Superior Court, and we showed up and won that. And they had like a team of lawyers. Yeah. And we basically just like schooled these lawyers. Yeah, me and you beat a team of lawyers. <laughs> and that was like the most satisfying thing ever to see that smug look on his face. Yeah. And like we walked out of there, and he wasn't getting the money that he wanted. Yeah. Um, but the takeaway is like there were so many steps along the way where we were like, we need to cut ties with this guy. Absolutely. Like we both knew it. We never really like said it, but like we knew it. I knew in that car ride that like this was going to be a bad relationship. And I firmly believe that in life, like most of the time when we meet people, it's like you get you get a great first impression or you don't get a good first impression. Yeah. And like most often, I feel like those are accurate. Yeah, and absolutely, I, I think that you know had we realized that right off the bat, obviously things would have been way different in terms of that process. And that was entirely based on just the lack of experience that Mm -hmm. we had in business where, you know, essentially if we had gone through stuff like this before, then we would have known, you know, this guy's just, just a shit bag. Like we need to can him, move on, do this ourselves, whatever. But since this was the first time we've ever gone through an experience like this, we just kind of were like, oh, this is like the way that it works and this is what we're supposed to do. So we'll just ride this out. Yeah. Um, It's like in light of. Because you don't have experience, you have to trust your gut with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that nowadays, you know, that the way we look at things is totally different. Like, you know, we were talking um, about one of the resumes that we just got for a new coaching position. Like, Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Like, it's – you can just tell immediately and you just really have to trust it. Like, we just posted an ad in a posting uh, to bring on another coach on, like, a very – respectable fitness person in the area. Um, like, I don't know if I would say well-known, but like they're established. They send me an email and all they say in it is interested in position. What does it pay? I'm like, kick fucking rocks. 
Like, I'm just supposed to know who this person is. And right. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that enraged, that infuriated me. Well, especially because the ad specifically said, tell in your email, tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, like, or just, like, be professional. Yeah, or that, too. Yeah. But, like, you know, one of my biggest, like, biggest pet peeves is when people just don't follow, like, simple instructions. Right. Especially when it's, like, you we, you only ask one question. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. You know? Or at least say, like, dear Dave. <laughs> like, just to go right into just how, what does it pay? Right. Like, yeah, it was, like, eight total words. Like, um, actually not this was well before we posted the ad just uh i had posted a video on instagram and somebody had commented on instagram hiring question mark it's just like yeah this is the the proper channel yeah, to not go you, through though. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i wanted to say that i was, i almost wrote it but i was like you know i don't want to be one of those yeah internet trolls that just writes no that's not a troll people. you're just responding to people on your own page yeah i'm i'm not good at that <laughs> um but yeah, it's true. Like so that like getting that resume is an example of it and like this is a point that goes into like your hiring process as well. And like all we can say about hiring process and people that are with you is like the second that you're not the second that you know that somebody shouldn't be with you, it's time to no longer have them be with you. Yep. Um we went through a little bit of that experience where it was very difficult for us and um kind of a huge process that we dug ourselves into by just not acting sooner. And I just, that's one thing I would stress to people is like just with your staff and with people that you work with, like trust your instincts, you know, right away when something's a fit, when something's not a fit. And when you know, it's not a fit, don't proceed or cut ties when it's not. And that person will be, you know, whether it's real estate agent, whether it's like a vendor, whether it's like someone on your staff, like it's better off for both people to go in the separate direction. Cause you're, you're not a mutual fit. Not to bring this outside of that topic, but, like, that's true in life, too. Like, friends, family members, like, if somebody is just, if you're not a good fit for them as a human being, like, you don't have to be friends with them. I completely agree with that statement. I see that all the time, and it's like it drags people down, and it makes their life, like, way worse. And I, I think there's so many kind of parallels to that. Yeah, it's like your instincts are there for a reason. They've been, you know, people have written about instincts and sixth senses, like, since the beginning of time. And like, that's a very legitimate, that's a very legitimate, you know, intuition to base behavior off of. So Mm -hmm. it's just something that like, now I know you and I follow like very closely and we use to make a lot of our decisions. Yeah. Um, you know, also when you look at those type of people, if you hire them or you work with them and develop a relationship, it is a lot harder to cut ties once you're a year in, two years in, whatever, um, rather than just understanding that right off the bat that this is not a good fit and just not proceeding any further. Just don't even let it go down that path. Yeah, I think like a lot of those two, a lot of those decisions sometimes happen because you're rushing things. Mm -hmm. Like I think probably in hindsight, you know, with the whole Fred thing is like maybe we were rushing that a little bit. You know, we got an agent, we wanted to move forward, we were excited to get open. We were excited, yeah. And I know like, a lot of our big mistakes have been made with like, we get excited about an idea and like, I'm incredibly guilty of this. It's like, you get so excited about it that you, it's just full steam ahead. And it's like that Jurassic park quote, which I actually think about. He's like, uh, you were so preoccupied with whether or not you could, you didn't stop to think if you should. 
So I, I do that all the time. I'm yeah. Like, you know, this is an awesome project. Let's do this. Let's do this. But you don't like, you know, kind of really think like, is this, is this actually a viable idea? Right. Um, and for me, the first thing that comes to mind was like our attempt at the dirty fork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's one thing I can look back now and like, it just wasn't a good idea. Like the principles were there. Um, it was a nutrition based website. Like the content I still feel was really good. Like mm-hmm. we had a lot of good traction. People liked it, but we just, we rushed it. We didn't do enough market research. Are people willing to pay for a service like this? Right. Um, we just, we didn't, we just rushed it like for lack of a more scientific approach. Yeah. And we, I mean, we also brought that to life in part to make, um, an employee happy, um, as they were a big part of it. So I think that, um, you know, part of it started off for not necessarily the perfect reason and, and something that was in line with the gym. Um, and I, I think you're absolutely right. Like the concept was awesome. The info was awesome. It was just, we rushed it. We didn't kind of sit down and think whether this was a long-term viable option. Um, so yeah. And like, as, as we were creating content, you know, you start to realize like you're doing it and you're producing it, you're putting it out and it's like, yeah, this is good content, but it's like this, is somebody going to have to, is some guy, is somebody going to pay for this? Like, right. A lot of this is, is readily available on the internet. Right. And that was just, it was not a successful endeavor for us. Yep. Um, it ended up being a lot of time. It ended up being a lot of effort and, um, yeah, it just didn't work out for us. And I, I blame the fact that like we rushed it and we got super excited about what, what we were wanting to do that we didn't really think about long-term, like where it was going, what the plans were. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people, you know, when they're thinking about bringing different products or ideas to the market, for me, I was like so excited because, you know, we didn't really have a huge nutrition component at the time. And I was like, nutrition is such a big part of this. Like I was really excited to be able to kind of provide that missing link, if you will, um, to kind of have that entire complete program for people. Um, And so that kind of clouded my judgment a little bit in terms of if this was a good idea. Cause it's, it's just like, that's been such a challenge for us is like figuring out how to integrate nutrition with people's goals. Yeah. And like, that's probably a separate podcast. But at that point we had tried so many things. Like I wrote a fucking book basically like yeah. that. That's just like we gave away for free and that didn't really work. Like we tried. I wouldn't to do- say it didn't really work. Just people don't read stuff like that. Like for, yeah. some, for whatever reason. Yeah. And it's like, we're, we're very frustrated with like not being able to get people to, adopt to any type of nutrition since it's like it is the most important thing about your results that we I think we had this dirty fork idea and we we're like this is going to solve it so it was like it was rushed but it was also maybe an idea that was born out of like frustration yeah and maybe not something that you know had we just thought of the idea organically like a nutrition-based portal that contains everything that's subscription-based yep like maybe we would have checked it a little harder than we did mm-hmm. but again, because of those factors, like we, we were just full steam ahead. Yeah. And you look at the amount of time required to maintain that it was, it was just like, it was undoable. I mean, there was no way that me and you could have maintained that for however long we needed to maintain it no for, way. Like, and you know, it was kind of doomed from the start. And you know, that was three years ago. So it's like two years, three years ago, maybe. And again, we just didn't have the experience to know how time consuming projects are. Right. So I know now five years into running the gym, like we're extremely selective on these type of projects. Yeah. And 
you know, we make sure that if we do something like it's going to be something that benefits the entire business, that benefits the majority of members, and it's not so much like a, a major side project that, that just takes up so much of your time and produces such a little portion of either your results or your revenue or whatever kind of your success measurables are. Yeah, and, you know, every time we meet about some new project or some new idea, like you always say something that is very, like, I don't know, hard-hitting. It's like if this isn't going to be the best or, like, an awesome idea where it provides so much benefit, then we're not going to do it. Right. You know, it's not going to be something that will be good for a few people. Um, it, it's going to be good for everybody, and it's going to be an awesome idea. And I, that, you know, that always rings true with everything that we do now. Yeah, it's like you end up like it sucks because you end up maybe passing on some things that like are cool, but it's like yeah, if we can't just like kill this, like let, let's let's not do it and yeah. let's swallow it. And as much as it sucks, like let's wait till the next one comes along. Yeah, and a lot of times all that means is putting it on hold, revamping it a little bit, or kind of redoing it so that it does have that big impact. Right. Right. Um. So. Yeah. So again, it was like, you know, it was a good idea and we enjoyed doing it, but, um, just don't rush things would, would be the key on that. Like I would say, if you have some major idea that you think is going to really impact your business, like it's kind of how I equate it to like getting a tattoo, Mm -hmm. like mandatory wait period for yourself. And like, if you're still interested in it six months from now, I'm I'm on a two year (laughs) period. (laughs) Well, when you get it, you're going to be super happy then because you've really vetted it. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's like, that's true. It's like, give that, give yourself that self, self wait list. And I think having like a business partner is huge. Cause like, you know, you do that all the time. I, I do that some of the time, but it's like, we're, we're able to table something until we're both able to come to an agreement on. And if the two of us are still as excited about something like a few months later, then it's like, all right, let's do this. Uh, what do you do if you don't have a business partner, if you're riding solo? I just think that's tough in so many areas, and that's probably a great idea for another podcast. Yeah. But, like, everything needs to be, like, there needs to be somebody that, there needs to be checks and balances. Like, yeah. there can't just be reckless decision maker who's just acting on every single whim. Like, there's got to be some accountability, and there's got to be somebody to say, like, that's not that great of an idea or like maybe we should do this better. Yeah. I mean, I see a lot of stuff on Instagram or Facebook or whatever from other gym people that you can tell right off the bat, like this is going to be a bad idea. Like somebody should have told them to, (laughs) to maybe scrap this idea. Don't have that person who's like your partner, your account accountability buddy. Accountability buddy. Um, you might find yourself like wandering from your origins and your roots and why you opened and kind of your DNA and like in search of the next best thing. And like Mm -hmm. next thing you know, you're two miles off of the trail and like completely lost. But when you have that, that partner, you're always kind of checks and balances, keeping yourselves centered on what made you successful in that DNA. Yeah. And I I think that's huge is, you know, be who you are. Um, A lot of times, and, and we've been guilty of this is we'll maybe look at like, you know, some very good gyms or some other businesses, a lot of times we'll look at, you know, other businesses and stuff like that and say, oh, that's a great idea. Look at what they're doing. And you try and maybe right. adopt different principles because they're good ideas. And it's like, at that point, that might not be who you are, even though it's a great idea for this other company, it might yeah. not be who you are. And so by adopting that, you're <clears throat> essentially just kind of, like you said, you're you're moving further away from who you are as a as a person or as a brand. Um, and it's totally okay to be different. I think that's like, 
huge. Like we you are, should, you should be different. Yeah, like we are very different from every gym out there. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know another gym that's like the same as us. Um, and I think that that is so important to number one, want to be different. Number two, know that you're different. And number three, continue to do things that are who you are. Essentially, um, anytime that you start venturing out and trying to do stuff that isn't naturally who you are then you just become this blend of like you know a bunch of different people or brands and it's just it ends up as a as a shitty business yeah it's like when you try to do too much like my favorite quote is you get the worst of all worlds yeah instead of the best of both yeah um and that's a really good point actually is is like one of the biggest mistakes that i find myself making is like over tweaking things Mm -hmm. and like you know, when you were like, you see gyms do stuff and, and you think it's a good idea. Like I'm very guilty of that. Like I'll see a great idea from one gym and think a way that we can bring it into ours or I'll, I'll go to like a seminar and, you know, get an idea in my head. And it's a, you always have to be improving, but you can't start overhauling like what made you successful. Right. So it's like, a, it's a, it's definitely an art and a science combined. Um, but that's so true. Like anytime we've like really thought about wandering from our core that's been successful for us like it's never really worked out yeah one example i can think of that just kind of fits what we're talking about perfectly is for a while we ran this 50 50 deal is basically 50 percent off for new members that came in and 50 percent off for the mm-hmm. member that referred them um and when we were coming out of that uh, 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 when we were coming out of offering that for a few months, um, we were kind of starting at square one with our marketing and our website, and we were looking to make some changes. And we, we were looking around in the industry. We were looking at all kinds of different websites, what was grabbing us, what looked mm-hmm. cool, and stuff like that. <clears throat> and I think we started to rebuild that website with too much focus on what was working for other people right. out there. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that at the end of that, once we had built this new site, it was almost just like a vanilla hodgepodge of like different stuff that yeah. was other people and it wasn't really us. So like we had that up for a week and we were just looking at it and I, I think both of us were like real quiet about it for a few days. <laughs> and this was like this new website that we were supposed to be super stoked on and we were both just I like – I do remember that. It's because you, you put it like Pritz, may, Pritz does all the work on the website as far as like the graphic layout and all that and the coding and we were both like – again – kind of goes to the dirty fork thing like we were so excited to move forward with a certain look that like we went for it and like i know you would put in so much work to it yeah and like one week later i was like (laughs) fuck i don't like this i know and i was like terrified to bring it up but i remember i think you sent an email and you're like so what's your thought on like the new website and i was like i hate it it's just like i totally vomited it out and yeah. we we're both just like completely on the same page. Like you said, we totally kind of snapped out of it. And we we're like, why are we emulating other people when like we know what we're doing? Right. We just need to make small tweaks and not like these tear down the whole thing and rebuild it. Yeah. And it was like, you're right. I had put like so much work into it, like 20, 30 hours or whatever it was. And it was like way, way more than that, man. Immediately just like we, we need to switch. But I was like, honestly, I was relieved because like as I was building that, I was like doing all this stuff and it didn't feel right. And yeah. so finally when we were like, fuck it, like, let, let's be who we are. And we built the new site that we have now. And it was just like immediately off the bat, we were just like, fuck yeah, this feels good. And we have not made one change to that website since we <clears throat> basically like followed our gut 
Yeah, other than just like some copy stuff. Just make this website what we are. Yeah. We have not changed that in coming up on one year. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Um, So you brought up that point actually of the 50-50 stuff um, and how we were coming out of that. Yeah. And we needed to kind of rebrand. Um, 50-50 is to kind of just, I know you kind of glossed on it, but like we ran this promotion for a really long time. Um, New members could join at 50% off their first month's and people that referred them could get 50% off their next month for that referral. You know, when we started out, we were in this old boathouse that had no exposure. Zero. So the only people that came by the gym were tourists who were coming to rent like paddle boards. Like we got absolutely no local exposure. So we had to get like real creative with getting new members. Mm-hmm. And this 50 50 thing was something that worked for a really long time for us. But I remember we got to our second location and numbers started to really dip. Like for four or five months over the summer of 2013, 14, we saw like numbers go down, um, not catastrophically, but like every month it went down a little bit. And not only that, but the type of people that were coming in were not our ideal client. Well, that's what I'm about to get to that. That's why they went down Yeah, is, you know, we basically, yeah, you call it 50, 50 in this loyalty program, but like it was Groupon. Yeah. And it created a Groupon type experience and you started to get these people coming in that like hadn't even visited your website. Right. They just heard it was like half off. So they're coming to check it out and like, yeah, that's a nice way to convert members in the short term. But if you're not, if you're not vetting them and if you're not making sure they're a good fit, then you're going to get this scenario where you get these huge spikes of people joining because there's a discount. They inflate these false numbers and then it comes crashing down when everybody churns out because like, They'd rather go spend $100 at Chore Club than they would on a gym membership. Yeah, I mean, I remember, you know, when we'd be coaching classes and the people would be bringing those trials in, and you'd be like, all right, cool, like, you know, have you done this type of stuff before? Um, And they'd be like, I don't even know what you guys do. And then I'm like, all right, I'll be right back. I'm going to go cut myself in the bathroom. (laughs) Like, people are coming to try out your gym, and they don't even know what you do. Like, that's that's, that's horrible. That's just, like, so many points wrapped up into one. It's like not trusting your instincts, which we already went over, yep. like letting people join the gym that you're looking at. You're like, I, I dislike you so very much and you shouldn't <laughs> be joining this gym, but you let them cause like you're then rushing point number two. Cause like you're so focused on like paying your overhead and paying your bills and growing and you're just creating this, this bad experience. Um, and that was like such a hard to call it a mistake because it worked for us for so long, but the over-reliance on it. Um, and, and I think how we promoted it too. I mean, we had a big banner on our website, like, look at me, look at me, 50% off. So it's yeah. like any real qualified <clears throat> people that came to the website, they were immediately like, oh, shitty quality. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's absolutely true. Um, yeah. That, that's a great point is like not, you know, I think it all goes back into just like the discussion of like rushing things yeah. and like being so concerned with like today, right now, let's get this done as opposed to like, let's have it take a little bit longer and let's do it the right way. Yeah. And that's a correction that we made. Um, I don't even know, maybe a year and a half ago or I don't know, two years ago, we got rid of that 50, 50 and it's the best thing that we've done for a business. Yeah, absolutely. And this is episode where we talk about mistakes. So we're not going to get into a ton of why that is, but Um, it's just more qualified people. It's sticking to your DNA. Like you were just talking about, and it's a much slower, longer endured process of a qualified member as opposed to just like 
people who have no idea what they're doing or, or why they're coming in. Yeah, and you know, if there are any gym owners listening that you know are thinking about running like Groupon type stuff, like don't do it. That shit is like you'll see a great little spike in revenue, but type of people it brings in, the kind of atmosphere that is created inside your gym from that type of stuff is just, it's horrible. It's bad news. Yeah. And like, for the record, we never actually did Groupon. Right. Um, we just offered that loyalty program that ended up having a slight feel to that. Right. Um, but even just the slightness to that feel, to your point, is like, it's not going to be good. Yeah. And I've, I've heard from other gym owners that have ran those deals that it's it's the same thing, but worse that we experienced. So. Yeah. And you just, you can't... Um, you can't be paying people to come to your gym. And that's yeah. essentially what that is. Yeah. Um, and like I said, like I don't regret it because we were in no way should we have succeeded in where we were in like location wise and all that stuff. Right. Uh, but that was very helpful to us. So I do credit to that in that regard. But once we got on our feet and we didn't need it, we kept it for too long yep. and we should have been more aware of that and we should have gotten rid of that sooner because like you said, we kind of were, drifting from our DNA and focusing so much on continuing to add people that we kind of lost sight of that. Yeah. And that kind of goes into one of our next points is just always wanting to fix things or change things and like rush the process is member feedback. Mm -hmm. You know, we, over the years we've gotten a lot of member feedback and I think we used to like one person would come to us with like a suggestion or an issue that we could be doing something better. And we were like, Yep, let's do it. Like done, and we'd implement yeah. it right away. And yeah, it's just too concerned with being like constant people pleasers. Yeah, and you know, one person out of a gym of you know hundreds of people is maybe not the, the most reliable source. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> and like feedback is really good. Um, it's really good, but it can go way, way too far if you start to listen to what every single person has to say. Yep. Um, and I know like in our first few years, like you said, we were just constantly kind of just at the whim of people's suggestions and their feedback. And like, we wanted so badly to be a place that like took care of every single member, you know, the intentions were certainly in the right place, but like we were just constantly, constantly trying to keep pace with it. And right. like, like you said, make every change in every single re- request. <clears throat> but another thing happens too, when you make yourself that open, for a request is like you open yourself to a lot of people getting butt hurt. Right. Cause like, I remember I would take the time to genuinely respond to every single request. And like, I could tell when people's requests didn't go through, they would like be ignoring me at the gym the next day. Yeah. They like, take it personally. Listen, it has nothing to do with it. So my point is like, you think you're doing a good job by allowing all this feedback, but you're really just setting yourself up for like a toxic environment when people's, suggestions don't get implemented. Right. You know, what are some, some times that you can take suggestions or what are some other times that you should ignore them? Like, for example, one thing that, you know, anytime that we have a very specific request or like we want feedback on now we approach the membership and say, you know, we're thinking about this. What does everybody think about it? You know, whether it's like a class change or, you know, Hey, we're thinking about adding a a 6am shred or something like that, and then we get direct feedback rather than letting it just be open feedback and like the wild, wild west where people can just say whatever they want whenever <laughs> they want. Yeah, but even then, like, I definitely agree with that, but even then, I find most people like say they're gonna do stuff oh, and yeah. they end up not doing it. Yeah. So it's like people think that they want something, 
and you almost have to be responsible enough for them to know what they're really going to come to. I know. And that sounds crazy, but my example of that is the morning specialty classes that we right. did. You know, for for months we had morning members like add a barbell, add a muscle. Like we can't come to this. We work at night, so we were like, "All right, let's do this." Mm-hmm. Colossal failure. Yep. Like one to three people in the class when it was previously full with 25. Right. So it just created a nightmare. And then like, of course, we pulled it so the people who did want it, like they were pissed. Right. And it was just like, I was getting like borderline hate emails in my inbox. And I'm just <laughs> like, God, like can't win here. But like, that was our bad. Like we yeah. reacted to the schedule based on like a couple of requests and like, Maybe it was nine or ten people that wanted those morning specialty classes. Well, number one, those people weren't showing up. Mm-hmm. Number two, even if you get nine or ten, that's still less than the 25 that are coming. Right, and that's if they show up every single time, which most people obviously are not going to do that. So, like, you're listening to this, and that sounds like common sense. You're like, well, you're an idiot for listening to requests of nine people when you already had 25 people in the class. Yeah. Well, maybe so, but it's very easy to get caught up in that when you're – the owner and you have these requests kind of constantly coming in, you know, it's your job to give people the value that they want. So like you look for reasons to implement a suggestion. Right. And as opposed to, I think now we look for reasons not to, right. Not to say like, we don't want to make changes, but you know, we are at the point where our processes are kind of settled and we feel like we have good systems in places. So, you know, any major suggestion on overhauling, like I'm, I'm not going to listen to, to be honest, if it's like a tweak or like a, Hey, could you get like chains for barbells? Like, all right, that's cool. Like I have a list of stuff for improvements like that. But if it's like, Hey, have you guys ever thought about like, I don't know. Is there an example that comes to your mind of like, have you ever, well, one one thing I was going to mention is like the 5am class. Like we Ah, constantly have, sorry, Tom Carey. (laughs) We constantly have a very small group, but an adamant group of people that want a 5 a.m. class. Yeah. And it's like we've learned from past schedule changes that, like, we know that's not going to work. There might be a few people in it, and that would be great. However, it's not big enough to warrant, like, a major yeah, haul a on our schedule. And number two, which you made this point, is we're not going to subject our coaches to right. – do that like i wouldn't wake up and coach at five so i would never ask someone else. yeah to. i mean adding another class on top of that you know the block that you know coaching is exhausting for people that don't coach like that shit is exhausting so yeah. then having a coach wake up that much earlier and do a 5 a.m with like three or four people in it like that's yeah. just that's not gonna happen no and i know like some gyms are probably listening like thinking we're babies for not doing a five because like they're in areas where they probably have a 5 a.m class that's straight up not a popular time slot for the beach in San Diego. Yeah. Like we have <clears throat> busy 6, 7, and 8 a.m. classes, busy 11 and sometimes noon classes, but 5 a.m., like it's it's just not a busy popular time slot. Yeah, I mean when coffee shops around here open at like 7 a.m., like <laughs> that's an indication that it's not a an early town. Yeah, but that's a really good point is like if we had those requests maybe like two, three years ago, yeah. like we probably would – have done a 5 a.m. with four people on the schedule and been miserable coaching them for like six months before we pulled it. Um, It's that like ability to kind of filter out what feedback is going to really improve the business and improve everybody's experience versus like what's a convenience-based request that's going to improve just a few people's experience. Yeah, yeah. And we certainly let ourselves like drift and get caught up in requests those first few years. You know, again, well-intentioned, but we just didn't do a good enough job of 
filtering through all that again it goes back to just like that rushing the process and that instant satisfaction of like making somebody's experience tangibly better versus like just the hard we're not going to do this right yeah um but just kind of like in talking through this like i I definitely think the the common theme of it is always foot on the pedal like feeling rushed to do stuff yeah um and everything that we did it was basically out of like moving too quickly or you know recent book i read talked about like how they hate to-do lists Mm-hmm. Because all it does is create stuff that you feel like you have to get done. And like one of the best satisfying things is like crossing something off on a to-do list, right. which like is true. Yeah. But it talks about how you get so focused in crossing it off that like you don't really think about doing the best job of it or doing it properly. Like you maybe should leave something on your to-do list for three months to do the best job of it as opposed to like, quickly crossing it off and doing like an average job. So what's their advice? Cause I have like 12 <laughs> to do lists sitting next to me right now. I forget the actual takeaways of it. It was actually really interesting. Um, I think the main takeaway was like, just don't do to do lists. Yeah. Like just have another process. Yeah. Have another process basically of, you know, like onboarding is a great example. Like that sat <clears throat> on my like to do lists forever. And like, I just, I stared at it on the wall and I'm like, God, I want to cross this off because like <laughs> we need to fix this so bad because we couldn't get that onboarding process down. And I think two, three years ago, like we would have absolutely rushed the latest change that we did. Yep. Um, and like I just I wanted to cross it off, but I did not. And I think it ended up resulting in a much better process than like in previous years. We would have been so anxious to get something done that we wouldn't have done it the right way. Yeah, you know hearing you talk about how everything is based on trying to rush the process like that is just absolutely true and it's like you have time to do stuff like even if it's not perfect right now like it's it's working well enough otherwise it wouldn't be there like you have time you can implement something two weeks down the road rather than rushing and doing it tomorrow and doing a half-assed job of it exactly like I, i got so i would get so stressed out about improving the onboarding process that like I had to step back and realize, like, you're not going out of business over this. Right. Like, <laughs> things are fine. <laughs> you can just do a little bit better job here. Yeah. Um, and that's, like, an acquired – you know, I'm not a patient person by nature, so, like, that's hard for me to begin with. Mm-hmm. But, like, when we were starting out and just that, you know, desperation to, like, continue to grow and, like, you know, be obsessively at work every day, you you do things with the satisfaction to cross them off and to please people versus, like – is this actually the right thing to do? Cross him off then. <laughs> <laughs> I hope people know what I'm talking about. I Ma- Major League. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, jeez. I totally that, that was an that's easy actually one. the name of our uh, workouts next week. Oh really? All, all Major League characters. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean just take your time with things. Make sure it's the right fit for the overall flow of the gym. Um make sure that you are just vetting everything that you do. Does it pass the intuition test? Does it pass the smell test? Um, does, does this feel right? Is this going to benefit the majority of members or is this like a little sideshow that's maybe just for a few people? Mm-hmm. Um, these are just questions that you have to answer and make sure that decisions that you make, they're going to be with the people that you should be in business with and they're also going to be projects that are a value add and not a value subtract based on like the time and the effort that you spend in them kind of like the dirty fork. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. 
yeah, I am kind of losing my voice here, so hopefully we're going to wrap this up here in a little bit. But before we do, um, we finally want to announce the raffle, the launch contest for the $500 gym bag. Wow, your voice is, really is. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's completely just getting shot on me. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's announce this winner. Um, we had 274 people enter the contest. Again, awesome. this, this is for a contest for uh, $500 worth of training gear. Um, we listed it as a $500 gym bag contest, so hopefully people don't think that it's gym bag worth $500 because that would be weird. Yeah, and like don't get a $500 gym bag. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> We're also not buying you like equipment. This is like gear, clothes, accessories, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so we can kind of go over the specifics of that with the winner, but um, I think we're going to pull it live here on the on yeah. this episode, right? Yeah, live in the studio <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, so, okay, you want to take it away? Yeah, so again, we had 274 entrants. We've got a random number generator up on the computer right now and our entire list of names. So what I'm going to do right now is click select, and it'll spit out a number, and we'll go down through that list. 144. 144. So, Amy Beaver. Oh, wow. Amy, Amy congratulations. She was pumping the podcast pretty good. She shared it a lot. Um, she's been killing it at the gym. Yes, she has. She killed it this morning in uh, today's hand clean workout. Yeah, so nice. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That would have been bad if we didn't like the person that won. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually am not going to say a story about that, <laughs> um, that we've given away some stuff previously, uh, yeah. too. Yeah. That might have been one of our mistakes, yeah. is uh, giving away stuff to Yeah, people. don't give away free free years <laughs> to people that don't appreciate it, guys. <laughs> um, but anyways, Amy, we will email you details and get you set up with some tra training gear, and uh, congratulations. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much for all you guys that entered. Um, if you can and you haven't already... Please continue to subscribe to the podcast. Please leave us a review. Um, share this if you don't mind. Uh, this is very helpful in continuing to get it to grow, and we do appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.